Preface of Fourteen Months in American Bastilles. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Fourteen Months in American Bastilles by Francis Key Howard. Preface It, free speech, is a homebred right, a fireside privilege. It has ever been enjoyed in every house, cottage, and cabin in the nation. It is not to be drowned in controversy. It is as undoubted as the right of breathing the air and walking on the earth. It is a right to be maintained in peace and in war. It is a right which cannot be invaded without destroying constitutional liberty. Hence this right should be guarded and protected by the freemen of this country with a jealous care, unless they are prepared for chains and anarchy. Daniel Webster Say at once that a free constitution is no longer suitable to us. Say at once, in a manly manner, that upon an ample review of the state of the world, a free constitution is not fit for you. Conduct yourselves at once as the senators of Denmark. Lay down your freedom, and acknowledge and accept of despotism. But do not mock the understandings and feelings of mankind by telling the world that you are free, by telling me that if, for the purpose of expressing my sense of the public administration of this country, of the calamities which this war has occasioned, I state a grievance, or make any declaration of my sentiments, in a manner that may be thought seditious, I am to be subjected to the penalties hitherto unknown to the law. Charles James Fox Preface The unlawful and oppressive acts of Mr. Lincoln, his advisers, and subordinates, during the war between this government and that of the Confederate States, will hereafter constitute no insignificant portion of the history of these times. As one of the victims of the despotism which he succeeded in maintaining, in the northern and border states, for so long a period, I desire to add my testimony to that which has been heretofore furnished, in relation to the outrages perpetrated under his administration, and I give publicity to this statement now, while the facts are fresh in the recollection of the public, lest any one should at some remoter period venture to doubt its accuracy. I do not propose to discuss the absurdity of the theories on which Mr. Lincoln claimed to exercise arbitrary power, nor the imbecility of his course. It is proper, however, in giving an account of the treatment to which, in common with hundreds of other men, I was subjected, to refer briefly to the position of affairs in Maryland, and the object of Mr. Lincoln in inflicting on myself and my fellow sufferers the indignities and wrongs which we so long endured. Up to the time when the dissolution of the Union became, to most intelligent men, a patent fact, the people of Maryland had unanimously desired and striven for its perpetuation. Though they feared that the aggressive principles and growing power of the Republican Party would, before many years, bring about a separation of the two sections of the country, and though they believed that the conduct of Mr. Lincoln and his party justified the action of the South, they still hoped and labored for the maintenance of the Union. They earnestly desired that some compromise should be proposed by Congress, which would restore peace between the two sections, and they believed that such a settlement could readily be effected. When Congress refused to make any effort in that direction, they looked to what was called 
the peace conference to recommend some plan by which all dissensions might be healed when all these hopes were disappointed by the action of northern men and especially when mr lincoln on his accession to office appointed some of the most extreme partisans to high office at home and selected others to represent the country abroad and gave ample evidence of his incapacity to understand the questions at issue and of his determination neither to conciliate the southern people nor to deal with what he called the rebellion according to the mode provided by the constitution and laws then a large proportion of the people of maryland expressed their sympathy for the south and their conviction of the justice of its cause they then asserted that the conquest of the south was an impossibility that the union was in point of fact dissolved and they insisted that in such case the people of the state had the right to decide their own destiny for themselves these views i also entertained and expressed as one of the editors of a baltimore journal the daily exchange but neither i nor those who were afterwards my fellow prisoners ever violated in any way the constitution or the laws we defended the rights of our state and criticized the policy of the administration at washington we advanced our views with perfect freedom as we had the right to do and we did no more but mr lincoln had determined to suppress everything like free speech not only in maryland but throughout the north he had made up his mind that he would carry out his own projects irrespectively of the laws or his constitutional obligations having therefore introduced northern troops into the city of baltimore and various parts of the state and having fortified numerous points so far as to render resistance unavailing he proceeded to execute his schemes the commissioners and marshal of police were arrested in baltimore and the police force was disbanded many of the most prominent members of the legislature on the eve of the meeting of that body the mayor of baltimore and one the members of congress for that city were arrested at midnight and dragged off to prison editors and other private citizens were also among the proscribed newspapers were suppressed and the functions of the state and municipal authorities usurped or suspended by agents of the administration neither against me nor the vast majority of my fellow prisoners did the officers of the government ever venture to prefer any specific charge we were arrested simply for daring to defend our unquestionable rights and to exercise the liberty of free speech under these circumstances it might have been supposed that we would be treated with some regard to our health and comfort as we were detained as was frequently admitted by government officials only as a precautionary measure it might have been expected that those who chose to perpetrate so gross a wrong would at least recognize the right of innocent and honorable men under such circumstances to be considerately or decently dealt with i do not propose as i have said to discuss the enormity of the outrage inflicted on us or to measure the infamy which will attach to those who were the authors or agents of that wrong i only wish to show now how men who were guiltless of any offence whatever and who had been thrown into prison because of their political opinions were treated in this age and in this country i submit the facts to the public with the assertion that the fairness and accuracy of my statement cannot be successfully challenged 
as I have not intended, in the ensuing pages, to discuss the cases of political prisoners generally, but merely to detail, in the form of a personal narrative, my own experiences, I have been compelled to speak mainly of myself. Under these circumstances, this continual reference to my own views and situation has been unavoidable. F. K. Howard, Baltimore, December 1862 End of Preface Recording by Katie Riley September 2010